0: Hey lovelies, before we get started, a quick update on the little ruffle dress. The first reviews are in and lovelies are saying it almost feels too comfortable for how elegant it is, which makes me so happy because who said you gotta be uncomfortable to look amazing? It also makes me happy that more and more of you have jumped on the pre-order train because the limited stock that I'm able to bring in keeps selling out faster than I really ever would have thought. As of when I'm recording this, I'm down to the last pieces in all sizes and sizes 18, 20, and 22 are completely gone no need to panic yet though you can still get your hands on the little ruffle dress by signing up for the waitlist because shipping and returns are free sizes do come back in stock and anyone on the waitlist is notified automatically in the order they sign up so you want to get on that list as early as possible get your hands on the little ruffle dress my newest design that is flying off the shelves by going to impactfashionnyc.com enjoy the show From Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rithki Yatskowitz, and on today's show, I talk with not your typical wig seller about the industry. She shares the expensive disaster that was her first wig purchase and how she set out to make over the industry. We also discussed my feelings towards lace top wigs and the keeping up with the Joneses aspect of wig wearing. The first time I met Bossy Schwartz in person, she was actually doing me a huge favor. I had just come out with the origami dress at the time and was getting a lot of requests for photos of the super versatile dress worn maternity. Bossy was eight months pregnant and graciously offered her time and baby bump for the cause. And so a beautiful friendship was born.
1: I was inquisitive. I really needed to know everything there was to know. I was just... The kind of kid who was hanging out with the parents, listening to their conversations, just trying to absorb as much as I possibly could, so that I could like, like, take over the world as much as a eight year old could possibly. Um, and I also really loved cosmo- cosmetology. I told everyone that I was going to be a cosmetologist when I grew up, and. I am not a cosmetologist, but I do think that I, I was foreshadowing and I really did always, I was that kid who was doing makeup. I was doing a smoky eye, even though it wasn't a smoky eye, you know, (laughs) but I thought it was, I was wearing eyeliner at 11. I just was always trying to like, that was my craft. I'm, I'm not such a creative, but that was where I was like super artsy. And Um, I do think that with Cosmo, I got to find my way back to that. And that's been a really amazing, beautiful part of my life.
0: I'm surprised that you felt that like you were going to be a cosmetologist as opposed to like a makeup artist, like cosmetology is very specific.
1: You know, I thought that if I did it, I was going to go all the way and make a career out of it. Again, very inquisitive, very resourceful. This does not surprise me at all knowing you. (laughs) No, yeah. Knowing you, this surprises me absolutely zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm exactly that way now. And I decided if I was going to do it, I was going to do it responsibly. I wasn't going to just be a makeup artist. I was going to go to school and I was going to make a career out of it. And I really thought I was. I really, really thought I was. Um, until I entered like teenagehood and started going to therapy, then I was like, I'm going to be a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> and I am. Um, and and that is kind of where things shifted for me in terms of like a more mature decision, but I've actually really embraced the fun, playful side of myself. And Cosmo is like where I get to unleash that and it's amazing.
0: Yeah, I I definitely hear that. It's 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 funny because like, yes, your career and your job as a therapist and your career, no job as you know, with what you do with Cosmo, it's it's, it makes sense for you. Like it just, it just makes sense for you. It's, and I know that I'm not doing a very good job at articulating this, but as someone who's had the pleasure of getting to know you, it, it does just, it
1: works. Listen, it's totally a dichotomy. Like to think of having two full-blown careers and being like a Jewish mom sounds insane, but the idea of letting one go is not in my DNA right now, and it's really been something that I've strategized a lot to keep both going. And it's become really cool to see what I can offer um, with both of those hats, and also offer myself as like kind of a break from the heaviness. Is Cosmo like let's go, let's just chill, let's have a good vibe, you know? And it's really, really healthy for me, and I love it. And I won't be walking away from either anytime soon because of that. I. I totally hear that.
0: For someone who might not know, can you uh, tell them what, what Cosmo is and what it is that you do?
1: So Cosmo is our wig line. Cosmopolitan Wigs is the official name. We are um, an innovative um, wig buying experience. We really aim to turn the, the wig buying experience into something that's customer focused, slow paced, Educational and transparent. I really, you know, set out to give the wig industry a makeover. I felt like we have been kind of perpetuating this model of purchasing wigs and customizing wigs that, to be quite frank, does not have a high enough success rate in my mind for the price that we're paying and the. powerfulness of the reason we're doing this, the reason why it's so important to us, that is way, way too heavy for there to be so much drama that comes from wigs. And I really would love to see that to be proactively addressed, that to be something that we take a look at the industry and say, how can we create an enjoyable and stress-free and transparent wig buying experience so that when someone walks out with a wig, they don't just like it for a month. They don't hate it in a month. It doesn't collect dust on their shelves. It's not something that brings them more stress in their life. It's something that they are really educated about what they are buying and what they're getting themselves into in a good way. And they can plan and know what this is going to be for them and what this is going to require of them. And now they have much more of a role in the process. They're in the driver's seat. And when the customer's in the driver's seat, they get to make choices that work for them. And when they get to make choices that work for them, we have a much higher rate of success, long-term success, because they knew what they were getting themselves into.
0: Right. I mean, I think that one of the things, I know for myself at least, wigs was not something that I thought about at all until I was engaged in getting married. And- I mean I was 22. Yeah, I was 22. Um I was I was 22 and I and it wasn't really something that I really thought about and I went to I went to a woman who sold, you know, she like had a salon and sold wigs and I told her kind of like what I needed. I was there with my mom who knows more than I do. Um, and we just kind of picked some stuff that looked good and happens to be that I'm happy with the purchases that I made, but ultimately like it has occurred to me that I made a very expensive purchase. Like, you know, each one was over a thousand dollars and it wasn't and I didn't ultimately it was kind of like a crapshoot like I happened to have been happy with my wigs but I could have just as easily have been unhappy and I didn't really know what I was buying
1: yeah and as far as my ad hoc research on this has gone you are the lucky one of the lucky ones right because I have not met that many callas who are happy with their wigs Past the week of Shavabrajos, if at all. Um, I actually am in the business of hearing from Kalas because they're out of money. Their moms are done with the Shetal game because they just spent their whole engagement dealing with this. And now they hate these Shetals that were extremely expensive and extremely time consuming and they needed this and that and that. And they're still not happy. And they're like, My mom's done. I don't have any money. I'm a newlywed. I need help. And, you know, in the past, I have been able to really guide them, try this, go to this person, maybe we could do this cheap alteration that would help you, maybe you do really need a new wig, I'm happy to come up with a payment plan. In the past, I have been able to do that. Um, Cosmo's kind of shifting um, a little bit away from that, because we realize our impact can be much greater elsewhere. But I will still always be available um, to the best of my ability to really guide people, whether it be um, in a more mass kind of um, setting or personally to really troubleshoot because wigs are expensive and they don't need to be trashed from you know just a few mistakes and we're in an era where thank god repair people who you can go to yourself are the thing to do like it wasn't like that 20 years ago you would never you went to the shades of my heart. You went to the Shades of Mother, that's all you did. And whatever she did was beyond you. And now you can walk into someone who can color your wig, cut your wig, fix your wig without a middleman and they can really help you and they're experts. And that's beautiful, that is my favorite thing. But in regards to what you said, Back to me being inquisitive and so resourceful. I knew about people like you before I got married. And I said, I am going to beat this. I am going to learn everything I can about wigs. So all my friends that got married before me, I went with them to their wig appointments. And all my older girl cousins, I was asking them questions. What's this brand? What's that? Who's this? Who's that? And I don't have sisters. So that's that's the closest I can get. And um, I still got screwed. I still spent $6,000 that went nowhere. Legit nowhere wait on because... one wig, you spent six grand no no I got two eggs okay um totaling they were six grand yikes in terms of just the wig and you know the cut pre um pre-wedding and then um right before my wedding around like two nights before I freaked out that I didn't like them I brought them to someone who told me she is the what did she say Like you get a tummy tuck. She was like a wig surgeon. She called herself Mm. like a wig, a plastic surgeon. And she was going to fix it for me. And she, you know, I told her, I really want no layers. I really don't want it to be so choppy. And what do you think she did, Rifki? Snip, snip, snip. And I was like, what? Okay, I guess this is what it's supposed to be. She knows she's been in the industry for 20 years. She did that to both my wigs. Um, I ended up giving her an extra $500 upon everything else I spent right before my wedding, just because I really wanted to look good for Chava brachos, so it was really important to me, and like it is to everyone else. And at the end, my wigs were both unwearable.
0: <sighs> ah.
1: So I ended up putting another $600 into fixing the more expensive one, and I never really loved it again. And the other one I turned into a fall. That makes me so sad. And after that, I was like, no, Bossy, you were the educated consumer. You did your due diligence. You did your research, and somehow you didn't really get the memo of what was happening. And here you are. So my next, you know, step was as I was trying to learn how to wear my wigs. I ended up styling them a lot, and I learned how to style wigs. So I opened a wash and set business in Queens and um you closed
0: right when I needed you by the way for the record (laughs)
1: yeah for the record (laughs) and I remember that now and people were coming to me and they're like yeah I really hate this wig but I can't afford a new one you know Kew Garden Hills is really where a lot of people go after they get married so everyone's trying to just build their lives build careers build families save up for a home and they were like yeah I'm not buying a new wig now so whatever I got stuck with when I got married is what I'm trying to make work can you help me style it and I would and I would sit there with them and I would say okay a little more of this a little more of that and they would say okay it's good enough and then there were people who would come in and say I hate this wig there is nothing to do to save it but I have to wear it and the second I have the funds to buy new and I will you know here's a story with this wig I almost went to in with the shaytamaka over this wig or I knew something was off, but they were telling me it's the perfect wig for me. And I just took it. And now I feel like such an idiot because I hate it. And it's not right for me at all. But how was I supposed to know? And I got so overwhelmed by these stories that I just kept saying, someone has to do something about this. Someone has to do something about this. Someone, anyone who's going to do something about this. I had joked with my friends that I want to start selling wigs on Amazon Prime, just ship Mm -hmm. a bunch of wigs to the warehouse and make them returnable for free. And everyone would figure it out. And I looked into it. Amazon takes massive fees um, to do that. I was like, hey, that's not going to work. And then one day I said to my husband, Sammy, I'm going to start selling wigs on Shopify. Again, like same inquisitive thing. Like I knew that the Jewish brands were selling on Shopify. And it was like the new thing to do. I was just like up on up and on in. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sell wigs on Shopify. And he's like, okay, cool. He didn't believe me. It's like, yeah, you do you girl. Like I was in school for marriage and family therapy. I was, I was busy building a career. And he's like, okay. And I did, I, um, I started getting in touch with like every factory I could get my hands on. I, they all start stalking you once you open a hair related account. So my wig wash and set business on Instagram ended up feeding into Cosmo that way. And I spoke to so many factories, um, who are still alive and well today, but the one factory, and I, I ordered wigs from all of them and I washed them, set them. Spoke to my friends who had experience with wigs, tested on them, really, really worked with them for months. And I finally found my favorite, um, my favorite construction, my favorite quality, my favorite trust in the factory that I work with. And I have been using them since then. That was three years
0: ago. So here's the part that fascinates me. I think that to a certain extent, like... Buying a wig can in a lot of ways be like buying a used car. We don't really know what we're getting and we don't really know what's happening there. And there are, there are duds in the industry. There's a million different brands out there. Some that have reputations and some that cost. you know, you can spend $5,000 on one wig if you want. Um, Five, try 11.
1: What? 11? What does it do? Walk on its own? (laughs) <laughs> no serious. It actually what? styles itself. It's like even better than the Dyson. It just actually styles itself. It just, it just doesn't. It's like a transformer. So. You hit a button, <laughs> back to the start.
0: And that's what you need to invent next. The transformer. I got it. I got
1: it. Eleven, um, probably even more for a custom Spitz delish Spitz. Yeah.
0: Okay, so I'm a peasant when it comes to this stuff. Apparently, <laughs> um, you actually- are. You
1: won't even get a lease. I mean, how many times do we have we had that conversation?
0: <laughs> I honestly, I kind of feel like my next one might be. for oh! well, yeah, I might be. It we might. Did- okay, whatever. I'll come to you when I'm ready for my next wig, which will not be a record while. show. <laughs> She's getting a lease. I don't know because t- we, you and I, have had this conversation in like in circles for probably two years. How long have we known each other? Two years yeah, at this point. Two years. Yeah. Um, yes, I think that they look amazing. However, I am lazy and I don't like having to maintain things and I'm not interested in a wig that's going to, and I also like, I don't want to be buying a wig every year. Um, I don't think that it's the wig. I got married four and a half years ago and I'm still now I will say this. I, when I got married, I did get a lot of wigs. I got two full wigs and a fall, um, which I, that was a blessing that I had shortly after I got married. My mom was getting rid of one of her wigs. She was like this, like it just wasn't working for her anymore. That's the, curly she, one, right? that's the short one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so she had had it as a longer wig and me and her are the same color. So I invested like, I don't know, maybe like 150 bucks in it to make it my size. Cause her head is bigger than mine. And I had it, it was, Oh, I think it was like $200 total. So it was 150 bucks to take it in. And then I took it to someone to cut it short. Um, because I really wanted a short, a short wig. And I love, and I love that one in summer. That's why it's my only wig with bangs. I don't love the bangs on that wig, but my mom has bangs because uh, it was previously her you wig. Can sh-
1: you can change that
0: nowadays. I, you know? And I, and I might, and I've been, and I've been thinking about it and I might, but okay, whatever, we'll different, different story. Exactly. Um, and then I got, and then I got a fall. Um, I, I got the fall at the same time that I got married. Cause it kind of like fell into my lap and I'm pretty happy with it. And maybe like a year I bought the incredible during COVID, I think. So that was probably like two years into my marriage because that was the first thing that I found that actually looked like my hair. My hair is incredibly curly. Right, the curly one, right. Um, so that, that's the incredible, that's the hat fall. And that also is not an expensive piece. So it happens to me mm-hmm. that I do have an abundance of wigs, which is just the, it's just kind of the way that my life worked out. Um, but I do Even though you're a peasant. <laughs> but either, I would never in a million years, even the thought of like spending 2,500 on a wig to me is like,
1: it's a lot. It's, it's a, a lot, lot of money.
0: It's a lot of money. And like, I don't know that definitely I would not top three. I can't imagine a, but, but I will also say this. I have like, I have a very easy color. I have a very easy, Me too. like it's not, I'm not dealing with like blondes or reds or anything like that. And those things are all more expensive. I get that. But when it comes to some, something like lace, for example, I have seen lace wigs that are literally slit down the front, like that they rip in half because they, I don't know if they weren't done properly, they weren't cared for properly or whatever. There's like because there are so many of these trends, I guess that happen. and the lace tops are, you know, the newest things. The first it was the lace fronts, and then and now it's the lace tops and and all of that. We we have all of all of these trends that honestly, in a lot, of, yes, they look fantastic, but they're also like they're a lifestyle. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like there's, a, I think there's a certain type of person that you know maintains something like that. But do you think that a lot of times these trends that happen in the wig industry just happen, like? As a way to just, it's like keeping up with the Joneses. It's just like, okay, so you got your lace front, but now it has to be a lace top or it has to be something that, you know, goes even more in that way.
1: So it is, but I do feel like it is subjective, meaning there are people who truly like themselves in a certain type of look, not the volume, you know, glued to their head, flat, or um, just more natural. And those types of people have been waiting all their lives for lace to come up you know and then there are people who love volume and wigs sk- sk- skin top wigs are like the dream because their hair is flat and dull and they wanted vivacious and voluminous and now they got it cuz they co- they cover their hair and they got married mm. then there are people who just want whatever is on the up and up um and we still have every type. We still sell skin tops. I mean, at a way slower pace than lace tops. It's what the people want. And you're right. There's, there's different types of customers. But what's important to me above all else is actually to make sure you're selling a product that will sustain itself. Meaning if lace tops were hot, but they were garbage, I wouldn't sell them. Um, if they were hot, but they were potentially garbage, I still wouldn't sell them. The product is actually a lot more durable than someone who is thinking about a piece of lace, which I always compare to like the tool you would get at Michael's that you would maybe make a tutu out of. It looks like that, but it's actually way more durable. Um, And the caveat to that, the asterisk I want to put on that is if you are using a quality piece of lace. It is possible for someone to sell you a tutu type of material and tell you they made you a lace top wig. Um, so that we have to be weary of. But in terms of someone who's using a quality piece of lace, it actually is quite durable. And also, I believe firmly in lining the lace top with a very thin piece of silk to make it extra durable.
0: Right. This is what made, this is what convinced me that maybe my next week should be because you've,
1: when you're picking it up, you're not actually touching the lace, which means you're extending the life of it, maybe double fold because you are not actually handling the lace. You are handling this piece of silk that is protecting the lace. Um, that being said, it does require more maintenance and someone who's going to get one. We always tell them you do need to know that it's going to take a few appointments to perfect to customize to you and to make you feel like yourself it is not going to be a seamless overnight experience you're talking about a customization process if we were making you a suit from scratch obviously it's going to be much bigger of a process than if you're buying a suit at Macy's and walking out with it maybe you know taking in the hem at the bottom a little bit it's just a much different process and it takes work and i want people to know that i want people to know that if they're getting lace it takes time patience and work and imagination and if you don't have that it's not for you and then in terms of the maintenance i would say there is yearly tune-ups that are required but i want people to know that it's much less stressful if you know that going in and you can build it into your life as opposed to oh my god my lace is fraying the Shea did not tell me this was going to happen. They told me it was going to be beautiful and seamless. And oh my God, is it breaking? I just spent so much money. What do I do? My husband's going to kill me. Yada, yada, yada. Like, no, you just know that 360 days from before the first time you got it, 365 days from the first time you bought wore the wig is going to be around the time that you need to take it back to a lace professional for a tune-up. And you will maybe also to the color professional for a tune-up. And that is totally normal and if we know that and we budget for that time wise financial wise stress wise it's really not as dramatic as it's made out to be
0: right well also i think that again part of why it becomes so dramatic is because we don't really know what we're talking about so anything unknown is scary and dramatic and that's kind of what it is and i want to you know one of the things that i know that you're quite passionate about talking about is this idea that like of setting expectations in a proper space. You know, everyone likes to say that lace is invisible. No, it is not. You, you can see lace. And and why, why do you think it's so important for people to understand, you know, those kinds of nuances when it comes to lace wigs or when it comes to wigs in general?
1: It's exactly the same idea as what we just spoke about. If your expectations are set at a reasonable place, you know what you're getting yourself into, and there is no fantasy that needs to be broken in a stressful dramatic way when you go and buy a lace top wig for let's just say $2,500 because that's the number we're rolling with right now Um, that's not how much cosmos costs but let's just say that maybe that's the average on the market Um, when you're buying a lace top for $2,500 and you sit down in the chair and the hair professional is telling you this is going to look like your hair copy and paste they say and you get it, and you're looking in the mirror up close, and you're like, excuse me, what, what's that? That is, sounds like a traumatic experience to me. You just dropped $3,000 on something that you were told is going to look like a copy and paste experience, and you're seeing something there that is 3D material that you were not expecting to see, I would also freak out. And that I think is where the wig industry has turned into honestly like a, a sometimes traumatizing inducing experience because you don't know what to expect. And you're kind of, I don't know what the word is. You're kind of led to believe that there is something magical happening here when there isn't. And I think the magic in the wig industry happens when you have someone who truly got what they wanted and has long-term success And knowledge of what they can do to make this wig a happy, beautifying, successful experience for them. But when we take out all that knowledge and when we replace it with fantasy, everyone will be disappointed because that's like telling someone that as they age, they're going to look like a Hollywood star. Spoiler alert, you won't.
0: Right. Like, that's just not how the world works. It's
1: See, I would like to think, and maybe this is just me being
0: naive, but I would like to think that most I'm not going to say all, because I'm sure that there are some crazy people in the world. But most people in the wig industry, most people who sell wigs, want their customers to be happy long-term. And yet, we know that there are so many customers who are very unhappy short and long-term. Why why do you think that's happening? Like, how... I'm I'm just I could see that you're nodding here. Like what is your reaction to something like that? Are 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 the wig professionals that are selling these wigs that are that people are so unhappy with, are they just delusional about their own product and skill set? Or is there something different happening here?
1: Okay, so there are two answers to this question. I'm gonna go with the easier answer first because we'll close it up faster. I don't believe that everyone's an expert at everything. And I believe that the model of the macher, salon um, type of experience has allowed for one person to be an expert. And I know that you believe in this because you are an expert at your craft and you do not claim to be an expert at every type of fashion, production, and manufacturing. And that is something I love about you. And it's really, really true with this craft as well. You cannot be, what do they say? A jack of all trades is a jack of, is a master of none. Mm -hmm. and um, I actually don't think that's always true but in wigs I think it's often true that we enter right like I said I want to be a cosmetologist what the hell does that mean that could mean makeup hair waxing laser I don't know so much more and I really had to grow up to, to narrow down what I wanted to do and that's why I only sell wigs people ask me all the time what about this what about that and I say I'm not an expert in that field let me refer you to someone who is because I really believe that when we hone our craft, we can offer someone an incomparable experience to someone who's a jack-of-all-trades.
0: What is and something that like people have asked you to bring in that you wouldn't bring in because it would like not make sense for you?
1: Or not necessarily not- bring in. People often ask me what they should do if their lace is not performing or on a color question or um, what kind of wigs I would compare my brand to. And I'm just like, listen, I know my product, like the back of my hand. I have sat here studying it for years and hours, and I can tell you everything there is to know about a Cosmo. I will not pretend to be able to tell you that about another brand because that is so not intellectually honest. It's ridiculous. But my point is that someone who thinks that they can offer you everything really, really needs to be able to offer that. It needs to be someone who has really devoted themselves to offering a full service experience that actually means full service because someone who's offering you a full service experience but can't carry out the highest quality of service on certain parts of that experience is not offering you a full service experience. And I think that that is a notion in the wig industry that needs to be um, looked at. And we need to get curious about what what parts um, need to be deferred and delegate it to the experts. And that's why I told you, I love nowadays that you can go to a lace expert and you can go to a repair expert and you can go to a color expert and they can tell you what's going on and you're not going to a middleman who's going to say, let me call the lace person and ask them this question. Let me... Let me send it out for three weeks and let them look at it and then you'll get it back in three weeks. You can make an appointment with support wig repairs in Muncie and sit down with her and show her your wig and she will help you diagnose what's bothering you about the construction aspect of the wig. And that is amazing. That is unique. That is so modern day. And that's what I recommend people to do, which is not the only reason why we don't customize the wigs ourselves. But the real reason is because we want to stay masters at what we are masters at. But the other reason is it's like, I want people to go sit with the professional themselves. Don't tell me what you need. I will not be able to possibly transmit your needs as well as you sitting in front of the person. And that person is an expert. So it's not like I'm sending you to someone who's going to lead you wrong and tell you something. This person is an expert. She, Sephora, is trained by the best in Israel. Like it doesn't get better than that for from lace tops. Let me tell you, let me leave it up to her. And sometimes I talk to these people. So they'll call me and say, what are we doing about this person? What's going on with that? And we'll we'll both use our skills. My knowledge of the wig, their knowledge of the repair needs. Beautiful. But no one's pretending that they know something about what they don't know.
0: And you think that some brands or shades of or whatever you want to call them try to do that? They try to be everything?
1: I don't think it's Intentional. I think that it was the model, and I think a lot of people thought that to make it in the industry, you need to walk into that model. Um, What I like to say is sometimes people bite off more than they can chew, Um, and I don't think it's intentional. I have literally no bad feelings towards anyone else in the industry. I really want us to support each other, and I really think there is, whoa, more than enough business for everyone. So no question about that. And I only think that my impact so far has been positive because I do see a lot more education on Instagram and I see a lot more transparency about what the product is and just a lot more open communication. Um, So that's really, really beautiful to see. I just would love for everyone to be honest about what their capabilities are and not to overextend themselves or cross their boundaries because I think that's where the damage happens. I think that is where we get burnt out. That is where we sometimes participate in a service or a sale that is really not our expertise. That's where sometimes we feel like we can't say no when everything in our life is telling us to say no and the customers suffer. And the customer's Parnassa is just as important as the Shades and Parnassa and vice versa. And what I aim to do with my education is to protect both sides. And what I do you mean by that? that? I think, so that, I think is- that most
0: people would think of you as like customer focused. It could, it can be, I, I know that this is not your intention, which is why I want to bring this up. Someone could very easily look at the types of content that you put out and the way that you talk about the wing industry and think that you are on a witch hunt to destroy all of your competition because you know, everyone else is putting out terrible wigs and you are going to empower the customer to fight back and rah, rah and all of that. Now I know that that's not what you think, totally but not. Yeah. What, what's your, what's your reaction to that?
1: My reaction is, my my standpoint on that is actually, it's very intentional, what I put out. I'm very careful with what I say. I think the playing field needs to be evened out. And we have, we've leveled out the playing field significantly since two years ago when I got on the map. Not that I was the reason for it, but since I've been watching this scene, I can tell you that there is a lot more education on the customer's end. But I do think that the Shetamakar has had a power um, to kind of hold the key to the customer's Shetel experience. And the, sh- the customer has been like, okay, if that's what you say for so long. And what would it be like if the customer can say, that doesn't feel right to me. I'm wondering if there's another option. And the of offer to give them six other options and do this like any other transaction is done. And it's so beyond time for that. <laughs> I just really wanted to give the customer their power back. And that's what I'm doing. But in terms of Shaitan support, I refer to Shaitan all the time. Who do you think is customizing my wigs? Who do you think are taking those jobs? I have some really great friends who I have found to be not only just really reliable and trustworthy, incredible and people, but also people who are willing to admit when they make a mistake. People who are willing to take a look at themselves and say, I need to stop offering that service until I can do it better. I need to be honest with the customer about the risks involved in buying this wig, about the pros and cons of this wig. I need to put the customer before the sale. And that is all I'm freaking asking for. <laughs> and I am so blessed. I really we're building such a community of a new age of, of shades of of people who really want long-term success. And it's really amazing. And I have lots of groups that we're in and we refer to each other all the time. But that is is my bottom line, and if whoever wants to jump on that bandwagon is my best friend because I am so tired of hearing painful stories from women or people who are going through hair loss so badly wanting to make their wig-buying experience successful and happy and positive and being just so heartbroken over how much crap... (laughs) can come of something that's just not meant to be such a stressful, dramatic experience.
0: Right. What are some things that I can do as a consumer to protect myself? Like, how do I make my wig buying experience, aside from obviously like going to you, um, how how, how can I make my wig buying experience less crap?
1: So there's definitely a customer for each type of process, which is why I never really guarantee someone happiness with my experience i usually take inventory of the customers like wishes and then tell them if they're a customer for not for us or not i've definitely turned down people a lot or have said yeah if you work with that person you will be getting that because that person is great at xyz and um i've i've totally um you know made those calls but i think the customer needs to, one, be willing to ask hard questions, even if it's uncomfortable. The more hard questions we ask the hair professionals, the more they'll get comfortable answering them, the sooner the industry will turn towards transparency and openness rather than pressure and um, kind of like, I'm the professional and you're not. Um, And I'll end with a story after this. Um, And Also, to do their best to stay educated, Cosmo, as a brand, is very well aware of the fact that the educational um, opportunities in the wig industry are slim to none, and we are working really hard to change that, so we really hope to um, excite everyone with that opportunity ASAP, but in the meantime, when you buy a wig from us, you do get something called the Cosmo Customization Companion, which is a brochure that has... From A to Z, every single piece of information that you could possibly need to know to make sure that when you're customizing your wig, you are hitting every um, crossing every I and dotting every dotting every (laughs) I and crossing every T to make sure that you are really making choices that work for you in customizing you're actually customizing so when you go to show up to someone to customize your wig if they're giving you the you know the lunch special, you're not getting a customized process, you're getting what everyone else is getting. So that is where these choices come in. And if you know that you have choices, you can make choices. If you don't know that you have choices, you can't make choices. So we kind of lay those choices on the table, we give you tips to protect yourself and the um, service provider that you're working with to make sure that you're both covered in terms of uh, safe transactions, transactions that's mutually um, agreeable transaction that protects both of you and keeps records of what's going on. Um, We advise you on different choices that might be possible if you have an extenuating circumstance, head size, head shape, hairline type, et cetera. And we really pride ourselves on it. Um, Right now it's only available with purchase of a Cosmo, but we'd love to expand that one day. Um, And I think it's really just being willing to ask hard questions and being willing to speak up when you feel like something's not right. And just don't rush into a purchase. Like, if you go in feeling like your expectation is to buy something on the spot and to walk out with it and to be happy with it, then you are going to rush through the process. And rushing, as we all know, is just not the best way to make sure you have long-term success. Going in, shopping before you're ready to buy, educating yourself before you're ready to buy, speaking to people before you're ready to buy is a really great way to, um, to, to make sure that you're getting what you want. I tell people all the time, like, no one walks into the Apple Store to buy an iPhone without deciding that Android is not for them. Mm. I really compare a lot of um, a lot of ways to, to apples to iPhones because um, you know about it. You know the differences. You know the functional differences. You know how they perform. You know about the ease of access. You know about their pros and cons, and you make a decision. But you wouldn't go in and drop a thousand dollars on an iPhone without deciding that you want an iPhone. But for some reason with wigs, it's like, okay, hi, I'm here to buy a wig anyway, whatever wig you think is good for me. And, um, oh, it doesn't really feel so good on my head, but I'll take it anyways, because that's what everyone's doing. It's like, no, no. Did you decide that this is the wig you want? Do you know about the functionality of this wig? Do you know what pros and cons it has? Do you know how it can serve you? Do you know if it serves the function that you're looking for? Right. Um, so, so important. Um, the story that I'll end with is that um, I'm in a group of wig professionals, and they were talking about whether um, it's acceptable for someone to ask, for a client to ask this the, wa- the wash and set person, the person who's washing and setting their wigs, I'm trying to be politically correct, so bear with me. Okay, so they were asking if they, the professionals were asking if they feel if we feel that it's appropriate for a client who's coming to us for a wash and set to ask us what our process is to protect a lace wig while we're washing and setting it. The wig professionals felt that they don't need to explain themselves to be credible professionals. If the customer who's asking that doesn't trust them, they're not the right customer for them. And I didn't say anything because I was just kind of taken aback. And I really felt differently because what's going to happen. They're going to take it to someone or a customer will take a wig, a lace wig to someone and let them wash it and set it trusting them because they're credible, They're popular. They've been doing this for X amount of years. They learned by this person who's so amazing, blah, blah, blah. And there will be a mistake maybe. And when they take the lace back to the person who sold it to them, who are the same people who are in this wig professional group because mm-hmm. they do full service salon, right? So selling and washing and setting. If they would take it to another salon to get it washed and set, the original salon who sold it to them would say, it must be the wash and set person who messed it up. So my question is, if it's the wash and set person's fault and you are also the wash and set person, why wouldn't you make sure that your customer feels comfortable with you washing and setting their wig before you let, before you let them give you the job? Right. So it feels Mm. like we're almost going in circles. If we want people to be held accountable for their work, then we need to be held accountable as well. So if one seller wants to say that another seller has the capacity to screw up a wig that they sold, then for sure they have the capacity to screw up a wig that someone else sold. Right. I mean, it's
0: interesting because I worked in in a service-based business for quite some time. I did alterations for about, I think it was like a year and a half, two years. And for, I, I understand as a professional, why someone would not want to explain themselves. Because yeah, you're here, you're in my studio. You've come here at a recommendation or otherwise. And l- like, let's go, let's let's fix the things that you need. And nobody thinks that they're going to be the one to screw something up. That's the first thing. Um, but at the same time, I hear you, you're right. Customers do deserve to know um you know, to, to be comfortable with the with the level of service that they're getting and with the type of, of service that, that they're getting. It's an
1: interesting little thing. I'm not sure it's it's to- a little bit um, murky on how exactly it would play out, but I do think that every service professional should have an elevator pitch. You know, I have one and and I, I respect people who can say this is my area of specialty. This is something that I've honed and really done research on and have worked on and I feel very confident that I can Quote, unquote, wash your lace wig with integrity because i you know value this part of the of the job the most aka maintaining the construction and not um compromising the the quality of the lace the most and that's that's my number one priority right right no i hear I, that i think that that is just reassuring and i think that maybe yeah in other industries we've we've developed a level of standard but as Gittel, who i know you had on the podcast about wigs has said there are no fda Mm -hmm. for wigs and um the reality is that there is no one who's standardizing the wig industry and i think it's up to each customer and each professional to create a dialogue to create um their own standard and to me the gold standard right now where the wig industry is at is to not start a job until you feel like you are putting your expensive wig in a good reputable credible professional's hands and then if people have problems with that fine is it worth a three thousand dollar mistake no
0: right i hear that yeah that 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 makes sense maybe if we were
1: talking about you know beanies i would i would have a way 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 different uh, perspective, but for something that's so expensive, if you're handing over a $3,000 item to someone, I think it's appropriate to ask them how they plan on handling it.
0: Right. Like what's, what's your, what's your process here? How's that? Yeah. I, that makes sense to me. I, I can yeah. get behind that. Um, so. Yeah, no, that it makes sense. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a loaded thing because also you don't, it's, it's, it's a deeply personal thing, how we cover our hair and, um and, you know, and, and all of that. And at the same time, it's, it's also complicated and it's expensive and, and there needs to be more education around this. And which is why I'm really glad that we had the chance to have this conversation. So uh, if someone wants to learn more about you, Bossy, and about
1: Cosmo, where can they go? So they can find us on our Instagram page at Cosmopolitan Wigs. Um, I manage the page myself. When you uh, write in there or comment, you are, interacting with me. So thank you so much. Um, I, on my profile, there is a WhatsApp number that you can contact actually, um, which is the easiest way to get in touch with me. I love voice notes. I know you don't, but I do.
0: She really does love voice notes, people.
1: (laughs) She's not kidding. Um, that's my easiest way of communicating, honestly. Um, We have a website. We would love for people to go read the information that we offer. Um, We will be offering a lot more resources and services through the website soon. So stay tuned for that. And um, our email address is cosmowigs at gmail.com. Awesome. And the last thing that
0: I want to ask you uh, is what I ask everyone who comes on the show and that is to you, Bossy Schwartz, what does it mean to make an
1: impact? It's a big one. (laughs) Um, To make an impact to me is to peel away the layers that you've kind of cocooned yourself with in the world, in your place in the world to work with the masses, to be, to be the kind of person who fits in or plays the role or feels accepted and to really find what makes you the most authentic version of yourself and to allow yourself to bring that to the table. Because when you do that, the authentic version of yourself is so impactful because there is no one like you that you will definitely bring something incredible to the table and that is where your magic is. And as I learned that about myself, I find myself being even more impactful and I wouldn't have it any other way.
0: I love that. Thank you so much for coming out today, Basti. I really appreciate it. You thanks for listening if you'd like to learn more about Bossy her information is in the show notes the Be Impactful podcast is a project of Impact Fashion the clothing line I created because I believe that we are all deserving of the beautiful things life has to offer see my modest designs that are available in sizes 2 through 24 by going to impactfashionnyc.com access all of that by swiping up on the cover art there are currently 16 people listed by Ora Agunot as a recalcitrant party view their names photos, locations and details of their cases by visiting getora.org recalcitrant-parties the episode art was designed by Michelle Moses. Original music composed by Nissan Fatman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rivki Yitzkowitz. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's
1: to making an impact together.